Good afternoon, good evening, everybody tuned in right now. Uh, welcome back to Unscripted. My name's Matt, um, aka Cut Corners. I'm the host of the show, uh, and we're back with another week of Unscripted. And today's guest is our kitchen, Serato's Kitchen resident. Um, he's also a good friend of mine. He's got an incredible record collection, an incredible synth collection. Uh, he's one of the most lovely gentlemen in the music industry I know, and I was, I've been very lucky to work with him uh, personally over the years. And uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff, so please do me a favor and welcome Bus Greats to the show. What up, Bus Greats? Yo, yo, what's up, bro? <laughs> what's happening? I'm chilling, man. It's great to have you on here. Um, how's everything going on on your side of the world? It's great, man. It's great to be here, man. It's, 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 it's lovely. It's nice and sunny. We don't get that much sun here in Pittsburgh, so, you know, we're kind of enjoying this. Yeah. Nice. And you guys are going to Thanksgiving weekend. Happy Thanksgiving to the uh, American folks in here. So you got any big plans for Thanksgiving? Um, just going to go hang with family. You know, going to go kick with my mom and my, my, my sister and my niece and nephew. My wife's coming with me. We're going to go up and hang with, hang with the fam. We're going to do the fam thing. That's such a nice thing to do this time of year, man. I feel like that's the yes, best time. Yes, it is. When it gets cold out, all I want to do is hang out with friends and eat food. So it's the thing. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. But you hey, man, um, it's great to have you on here, man. It's always, it's always a pleasure to see you on Twitch, man. And I've been a huge fan of your streams. I know you stream on Fridays as well. Um, mm-hmm. And often I'll, I'll raid into your streams because I always yeah, know for sure you're yeah. going to be playing the short shots, man. Oh man, I pre I always appreciate the love on the raids, man. That's 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 what's up, man. Yeah, I just I usually do Fridays at three at five PM. But since I'm doing Serato's kitchen this month, I pushed it up a, an hour or two. So, you know. Um sometimes I double sometimes I'm double dipping. That's <laughs> a lot of work, dude. You're doing the kitchen in the morning and then you yeah, do the your kitchen set. at three. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it um I did it last week, but I didn't I didn't do my stream the week before because I got a little cold flu thing, but mm. I bounced back the following week and we all good. Nice. Yeah, I know I know you're all about the healthy living too. Um one of the cool things was actually when we were at um uh, uh we were at playlist retreat. You were you were uh, yeah. <laughs> You remember that? <laughs> yeah, man. You remember that. That's hilarious. Yeah, staying healthy. I really admire you know, people that that said prioritize health, man. It's like health is wealth, dude, you know? I try, I try, I do the best I can. I mean, I could definitely make some improvements, you know, but I'm, 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 I'm hanging in there with that. You know, I'll be 45 in March, so. Oh, wow. Man, mm-hmm. I hope I look as good as you when I turn 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me, have you got any secret uh, recipes or things that you feel like are, since we're talking about, you know, the kitchen and all that, you know. Any... Uh, I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, anything to, to get people staying healthy on a regular basis, like a, day, a daily th- routine or anything? Well, one thing for sure that I should probably, I need to do more often for sure is I need to drink more water during the colder months. It's a lot harder for me to do that for some strange reason. I don't know why, but when it's summertime, you can drink water till you're blue in the face because it's hot and you're trying to stay cool and you're trying to stay hydrated, but you have to continually hydrate yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a couple of people in the, in the Twitch verse that uh, have the stay hydrated point redemptions which is i need to actually need to get that on my channel too just that (laughs) that, i think that'll help i mean i do i do i do okay i got i usually have my whenever i stream i usually have my cans of spin drift and whatnot but you know sometimes you run out absolutely man what about tea though you're are you a tea drinker like myself big tea drinker big tea drinker i have got some uh some really really nice hibiscus tea 
in the in, in the cabinet. I got some uh, ginger turmeric. That's another one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I'm I'm heavy on the tea, especially in the winter time when it gets you know during the colder months. I am heavy on the tea. Yeah, amen mm-hmm. to that, man. Um, tea, yeah. boy, I spent a lot of money on tea, um, but yeah, it's one of those things that I, it's always the perfect like kind of thing to elevate me. Like I love coffee too. Don't get me wrong, but it just it's a nice gentle. Just yeah. uh, finished the cup myself, so. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? I didn't drink coffee for a really, really long time. Wifey got me on coffee, something heavy right now. And, and now that I'm, now that I drink it, I'm like, how the heck did I survive all these years without it? It's <laughs> it's great, right? It's great, man. I yeah, I can't imagine life without coffee anymore. It's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. Um, you want, you don't want. I don't want to do it too much because it definitely can mess with my sleep. And uh, I watched mm-hmm. a really good documentary actually about like how coffee works on the brain. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was really interesting actually. They they talk about how it's kind of like it gives you like the energy, but it's like a battery. You know, like you got to fill it up again, and it, it's, mm-hmm. it gives you this false kind of sense of security. But um, yeah, anyways. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm a lightweight. Coffee. I only drink one. I only drink like one cup a day so far. I'm, I'm a lightweight. I've, I know people who drink like two and three in them joints. I'm like, yo. <laughs> uh. Yeah. All power to those people. Um, hey, um, I want to give a quick shout out to the, the one and only Gons who's in the chat. We got love. DJ Gons. What up, Gons? <laughs> got to shout out Sign V too. Big up Sign V. Yeah. Staying yeah. regular in the kitchen too. It's been great to see these, mm-hmm. these folks in here. Dope snares in here. We got um, K to the K. I hope I'm saying that right. It's key to the key. Uh, key to the key. That's my key bad. to the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great to see the folks in here, and it's cool. Like, um, yeah, thank you all for for being part of the kitchen. I, I'm I'm curious to hear like how's the kitchen been for you? How's the residency been? Man, it's it's I can't even I can't even begin to describe it. It's been probably it's probably in the top three best moments of me for for me for 2022. It's been quite an experience being on here you know, chopping up samples and kicking it with the people. And then the guy that I was fortunate to have a group of people who came with it every week. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of like sign V's got some dope joints. Of course, we know Gon's got it, got it cracking. <laughs> yeah. Man. Some heavy hitters, some heavy hitters in there. Mike Cooper, little Dave, right, yourself. Um, you know, there's like, there's, there's a ton of heavy hitters in there. And it's, it's, it's great to be a part of this community. You know, it's a whole, I found like a whole new group of, music music nerds like myself you know so yeah i love it man it's so good to hear it. and it's really great to have you here too because everyone has brings their own kind of approach to it and mm-hmm. i love the, i love the way you're bringing you know like a, a your very funk focused approach and the way you're using mm-hmm. your instruments um that's kind of a really unique uh approach that we haven't seen as much in, in previous episodes not that they, they, they have been there that's a necessarily a good or bad thing but it's just a mm-hmm. really lovely approach that you, you're bringing and I can see you got like you got the layer behind you. It's really cool to have like, yeah, we got the Moog there. We, 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 <laughs> I think you said it was plugged in, right? We we get a little sound check. Hell yeah! Yeah, it's plugged in. It's plugged in. Yep. Ian Wallace in the house. My brother Ian Wallace. What up? Shout out Ian Wallace. Another great producer in the chat. Good Amazing to see. Amazing producer. Yeah, him and OP man. They've been cooking up crazy remixes and tracks. And he, I know he just did. He just did a, a joint with uh, the homie Nick Bike from out here in Nick Vancouver. Nick mm-hmm. Of course, also Playlist alumni. Uh, Ian Wallace was there the same year you were there as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually, when I when I, I remember I remember that whole trip. I actually drove out. 
I picked him up in Philly, and then we drove down. Because wow. I, I, you know, I have to, I have to make my customary stop in Philly at a brewery town beats. I gotta go stop and see Max and all the guys whenever I fall through there. That's a record store. It's uh, yeah, yeah, brewery town beats. It's a record store in Philly. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a good spot for digging. Then I assume they be having some joints. Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you ever, you know, next time you stop through Philly, check out brewery 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 town beats. It's kind of a hard name to say sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely got to check it out, man. I always like uh, cruising down uh, when I'm in the States digging for records because I feel like it's just a goldmine compared to what we have up in the up. In I need Canada. to come up there to Vancouver where you are. I need to come up there and buy 45 because we in the United States, we unfortunately have a problem called styrene. Oh, yeah, I know about that. That a lot, that a, that a lot of that the rest of the world never had to deal with. So <laughs> I'm, I, could, I could go somewhere like Vancouver or Montreal or some, anywhere in Canada and I could find a copy of something really, really easy, and I'll just be happy to have it because it's not styrene. Tell tell the folks about styrene. What is styrene, Bus? It's like a it's a material, a really, really cheap, poor quality material that they used to press up forty fives back in the sixties, seventies, and even into the eighties. Um, it's you know, it's terrible. You can't. It's bad for DJs because. When you put the needle on the record, and you, the minute you try to back cue it, you'll get this little <laughs> sound, and, and it's just like it's yeah. it's so annoying. Yeah. Oh, I know. Personally, I got a couple of styrene joints. I got to kind of weed out of the collection, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I wasn't knowing about styrene originally. So yeah, you you think it's a good deal, and then you realize, oh, this is this is it's not a doo-doo. good deal. Yeah, it's not a good deal. Like <laughs> Ep- my man DJ Epic and I, we have been a on a mission to replace as much of our styrene as we can with like regular vinyl. And we're also like picture sleeve, picture sleeve fanatics. That's oh. the whole, I saw the whole PSP thing came about, you know, with Pixley Posse. So. Okay. 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 Yeah. Shout yeah. out DJ Epic, man. He, another yeah. great, incredible streamer on here who I love uh, mm-hmm. tapping in with. Um, just real quick. I want to give another shout out to uh, Nick, the quick ATL DJ brain brainchild's on here. Brainchild, got, my man, brainchild. <laughs> and we got Peter as well. Um, great to see you all here. Um, now speaking of digging bus, um, one of the things I really loved about what you've been doing with, uh, the kitchen, uh, as far mm. as kitchen residency is the, the songs that you've been digging up on Tracklib. And, uh, I just want to mm. say, man, congratulations. Like those are great great finds it's been so much fun flipping them and i want to know like how did you find them or what was your approach with that well i just my approach with that was whenever i got whenever i got track lib and i started digging through i kind of i wanted i just found whatever you know hit my ear first and i tried to choose a uh, a diverse i tried to have a diverse selection you know like one week it's a, a a a rare library record. Another week it's like a like a obscure funky forty five. Another, you know, I try to make it vary, make it vary a little bit, keep it interesting. Yeah, man, you got some really great joints. And I was gonna ask, like, I was wondering, did you like know any of the joints like from digging in the crates before you went to Tracklib, or was they were they found the only, on Tracklib? I knew one. I knew one. I think the the and it's the one that we're doing this week. That's the only one I I knew. Everything else was like a complete surprise to me. Wow, man! Mm. And and did you find that catalog pretty inspiring? Yeah, yeah. I love that they have uh, you know the Telemusic Library collection up there. I'm I'm because I'm I'm into library records 
you know, a lot. I mean, I can't buy them all because they're also so expensive. Mm-hmm. So this is also another another reason why it's nice to have them on here. So you don't have to spend two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars <laughs> on on one record, you know. But but you, I mean, you're kind of from the the era like myself, where yeah, digging uh, in the crates is like part of the beat making. Very much a very important part of the art of beat making. And I kind of wanted to ask actually, like last night I was watching uh, the homie DJ Dahi. He was interviewing a friend of. Uh, Michael, uh, one of the composers, and he was talking about, he was just talking about like with the the sample game, like Splice and like mm-hmm. all these loop providers. He was like, that's kind of like a different approach to making beats now. Um, and he said, you know, just like digging for samples was a very specific art back in the day, uh, and still is. You know, I think to and 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 it's still relevant, and I still think it's um, it's just one of those things I'd love to hear your perspective on. Like, how do you feel about the art of digging, and 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 what's your approach to it these days? Well, my approach to it is kind of the same as it's always been, but my approach to whenever I in it, whenever I make sample-based music, my approach to it is a little bit different than it was 10, 15 years ago because of all the tools we have at our disposal now. You know, even things like Serato Sample. Like, I can't imagine, and I brought this up on stream last week, like, when you're making something and you chop something into pieces, being that being that a lot of times the records that we used were made by actual drummers you know there was going to be a lot of tempo fluctuations everything's nothing's on a grid mm. so your one chop might be on this you hit the other chop it might drag off a little bit but when you have something like serato studio you're able to you know drag it and nudge it and stretch it to make it fit whatever tempo you need it to fit yeah it's crazy man um mm-hmm. yeah I, I i still think about like even that concept of like records now that I, wa- I wanted to flip on the MP or, or the SP back in the day. And now mm. I can almost revisit them, you know, and make them, make them better, you know, make these make beats. way better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, make them way better. Yeah. It's crazy. But I, I, I just would like to dig a little bit more into the, this digging, this discussion though, because, you know, mm. I think uh, some people might say that the access is, 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 you know, there's no limit now. You know, you can go onto YouTube, you can download off YouTube, and you can find things so much easier than you could. And I, I don't know if you remember back in the day, there was actually this book. Uh, shout out to Avi Shack at Beat Street Records, which is where Nardwar gets all his records from, uh, a lot of his records for his interviews. Um, he uh, he had this book called The Holy Book of Hip Hop, and it had all these samples in it. And mm. had a lot of the, re- the, the, the samples and the records. I mean, it was like the precursor to whosampled.com. Right. Oh, uh, okay. And for me, that was like, that was like the keys to the kingdom, you know, because it really opened up and and gave me an understanding of like, oh, okay, I love this Tribe Quest song. Let me go find out, dig this, you know, Freddie Hubbard record or whatever, and and find out like, oh, this record has this on it, and then you'd find out, oh, this is on CTI Records, and then you'd learn about the record label. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of, do you think that's still relevant, or do you think that's kind of being lost a little bit? I feel well, my th- my approach has always been. I like to just go out. I like to go blind. I go out in the wild and I go dig and I, I like to be surprised. I like to discover stuff, you know. And that, that element that element of discovery I think is kinda lost. You know, because like because because everything is, is so accessible. You could look up something on YouTube, you could go, what did MF Doom sample for blah 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 and then you can find it, you know. The, so like everything we have all the information here. We there's no like there's really not too too much in terms of like discovering stuff because because all the information is right there at your fingertips literally you could pick up your phone 
I do that all the time, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not and, not, not, and I'm not judging, not saying it's a good or bad thing. It's just a thing. I just, that's just how, how I grew up. I always would go digging with one of my friends, put a record on, listening for stuff. Oh, snap. That's the, you know, it, that element of surprise was, was, was special. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I don't, I guess it's just interesting to get your perspective on it because, you know, I think about it and, and I see Brainchild mentioned it in here, the element of surprise is missing now. And, mm -hmm. I, and I, I agree with that. I also think that for other people, they're discovering it in different ways and it's still just as magical for them. And I don't want to discount that, you know, like right, if I right. was a teenager and I pulled up on TikTok and then someone was like, oh yeah, this MF Doom sample is this Quincy Jones record. Like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. That's still pretty magic, you know, for them. It's oh, just, absolutely. Because yeah. it's a different generation. It's a different time now. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love to see 13, 14, 15 year olds discovering MF Doom and MF Doom samples and finding out who Quincy Jones is and it leads them down a rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. But but I do I do I do think that um there's a certain je ne sais quoi magic about finding this on a record or stumbling across it which is just is that would you say that's kind of like it's unmatchable of that feeling of like just putting this needle on a record and then going into this groove and going oh shit that's that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's 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 something else. I mean, I still have moments to this day. Like I might go buy a record, I'll come home and play something, and I'll hear like Dilla, dang, <laughs> still right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Still yeah. years later. Um, and little Dave, I think this is a great point. Little Dave just added in here. I think we are in a time where we need to make sure that the artists we sample get credit. And I really mm -hmm. agree with that, uh, Dave. Big, big love on that because actually, if you don't, and and I know that there's obviously people have very different different appearance, uh, a, a point, a, uh, different opinions about this. But finding out about, like you said, finding out about that artist being sampled unlocks this kind of like magic, you know, journey of like, oh. This is the record. These are the artists that played on it. And I'm going to shout out Title. Actually, I love Title. I don't know if you use Title, but I use Title. And I do because it integrates with Serato. So yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. But the one thing outside of that that I love about it is that it you can pull up the credits and um and it will tell you like who the composers were, who m mastered it, who mm -hmm. you know was the vocals, did all these things in it. And it's very much like when I'd pull out. Uh, a record, an old jazz record, and they'll say, oh, you know, John Coltrane played the saxophone on this, and, you know, uh, Tony Williams played the drums on that. And then you'd be like, oh, okay, let me check them out. You know, like, let's see what they did, right? Exactly. exactly. Brainchild said, not just credit, but paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, poor Clyde Stubblefield, man. That's, uh, that's, that's such a tragic thing. that he, he never really got a dime out of Funky Drummer. Yeah, that's, that's really that's, that's disappointing. That's tragic. Mm -mm -mm. And that's one of the cool things too. Actually, I, I did notice, and I really like about this this track lid thing. Since we're talking about it, um, was it, it's really great that like I've I've made all these beats with this kitchen throughout this year, you know. And I I did that one, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Maybe I should finish this beat and put it out. And I can, because mm -hmm. these these they're not. You're, you're still gonna pay your pay for the sample. You're still gonna pay for it, but it's it's predetermined. It's been already kind of figured out and. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. How does, do you think you're going to put any of, the, any of the beats that you've made out with with uh, the track loop samples? Maybe, maybe. I, I, I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold them for now. I still have a whole another album I got to finish. But yeah, I think I think at some point I, I you never know. You never know. We'll we'll hold those and we'll have a conversation and maybe we could 
we can make that happen. Yeah, man. The one you were cooking up yeah. last week, man. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Really something, man. I really like mm. that one. Um, and it was great. Uh, back to the, the synths, though. So you, you've always obviously got a very deep record collection. And I want to also thank you, since you're on the show right now, um, man, you put me on some like joints that I've totally skipped past. Uh, one, of the, one of the favorite joints that you put me onto was um, Herbie Hancock's Stars in Your Eyes. And oh, yeah. <laughs> you, put, you played that 12-inch version. I was like, oh, my God, this song is incredible. How did I miss mm-hmm. this? Yep. And you know what's crazy about that song? I remember that song from when I was a kid. My dad used to play that all the time. I could call my dad right now and play Stars in Your Eyes, and he'll start singing it. Wow. Like, yeah, I, I was very lucky, man. I grew up on a lot, a lot of really, really good music. My dad had me. He, he held it down for me. Yeah, t- so tell me about he that, did. actually. Your dad was a DJ, is a DJ also, right? <clears throat> Not anymore. He gave that up many, many years ago. But he used to DJ parties around the neighborhood and do, do like little cabarets and stuff. I remember the setup he had. I can't remember what turntables it was, but I remember he had this this gray mixer. It wasn't flat. It wasn't on a flat surface. It was like up at an angle. And you move the faders. This was, this was back in like 83 or something. I was a, a, a kid, kid. Um, and he had a, he had a quite the record collection, and he had you know. I learned I learned a lot from those days. I did. I learned a lot from those days. So he, did he teach you how to how to mix records? No, actually, I picked that up on my kind of on my own later. After I had, let me see, where was this? This was back in '86. There was a local DJ on this radio station here, WAMO. It was the you know urban station here. There was a DJ by the name of Sly Jock. He had a um, he had a, a a rap show. He was the first one of the first people to play, if not the first person, to play rap on the air here. And it was at like late in the morning. But anyway, he was DJing at this this event where I won a dance contest. I won a dance contest, which was cool. But I was like, "What's up with those turntables? Let me go up there and." I went up, you know, I edged my way up there. I, just, I was just so fascinated by seeing the DJs spinning the records. And he was playing Cameo, uh, Word Up had just come out. And he let me get on the turntable. I think I did a couple things on the crossfader. And, and that was like, I, I, that's the minute I got hooked. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was special. Wow, that's sick, man. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you started out as a, as a, like a B-boy, a dancer or? Well, no, it's not like a b-boy, just like da- like a dancer, like a like like how uh, let me see, how can I say, something like how Scoob and Scrap or Leg One and Leg, just like a like a party dancer kind of thing, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, how important is that is dancing and what you do when you're DJing or making music? I always, I usually keep that in in the back of my mind. You want you want something where it's gonna make you know you want to make somebody dance. But sometimes I just want to just make some head nod stuff. Some it it depends, you know. True, true, yeah. But when yeah. I'm when I'm making when I'm making that funk stuff, I definitely you know want to get people moving. Yeah, I got I gotta be honest, man. Like st- if you if even if you're just moving, like I'm definitely no dancer. But like if I can just keep keep it moving, doing a little two step behind the the DJ turntables when I'm yeah. Doing that's what you need. It keeps me. It keeps me focused on, on the mission at hand, right? That's all you need. You do a little two step, like you say. You do a little two step behind the, you know, behind the turntables. And, you know. Gotta feel it's it. exercise too. You know, it's exercise kind of like I. <laughs> I know some, sometimes I stream, depending on my energy. I'll stream. I'll get done. I feel like I did a whole day at work. It's like, whew, 
It's a lot of work. I'm glad you say that. It is, and it's like a lot of mental work because you're you're still talking, you're reading. You know, you're. It's not reading a crowd, but it's still reading the chat, and it's still like playing music. But I mean, I know. I think I talk about this almost every time. But don't you enjoy the freedom of streaming? Like just being able to play. Oh my goodness! It's 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 nothing like it. Just being able to play whatever you want to play when you want to play it. You don't have to worry about somebody being reckless or careless, spilling a drink next to your turntables or people are flashing their phones in your face play this play this you know the you know. <laughs> yeah it's, i love i love that about your 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 streams too man like i love the 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 passion you have for music the passion you have for digging for music and finding music radiates through your streams and um i absolutely adore that you know like that's to me, that's what streaming, the, the best streams are, you know, and... Thank you, you, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you do that so well, you know, Epic does that well, so well. There's, there's a handful of people on here, Spinurita, um, Nina Mendoza, a lot of homies that, that are doing that, you know, really, really well. And I just, I love it, man. It's so inspiring because, um, honestly, I don't know if, it, I don't know how to, like, I never, I never heard you DJ before this, man, honestly. Oh, really? Yes, unfortunately, yeah. Wow. Well, well, I guess, I mean, that's fair because I consider myself doing this stuff first. I'm a producer first. DJ is something secondary that, you know, that I do. But if, if I had to prioritize, I would be in the studio first and I would go to the turntables later. Now, on that, actually, that, that brings me to an interesting question. I was talking with a friend the other day about, you know, what it means to be a DJ uh, and and what you know when you're performing as a DJ, you know a lot of the time, you're DJing and you're playing music, to yeah get people dancing to appease mm. uh, you know the most amount of people at the place in the environment that you choose. So, and this of course it's your party, like you're throwing the party. You're usually mm. playing at a venue that has like an established clientele, so there's a certain amount of like compromise that you have to take into consideration. Now when right. you're making music, when you're produ- a producer and you're playing music that you've made. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in hearing your, your approach to this from a performer who's playing their own music versus someone who's playing other people's music. How do you balance, how do you balance that in a DJ set or do you just go full, I'm going to do a, like a production performance? Some, it, it, it varies. Sometimes I'll do one, sometimes I'll do the other, and sometimes I'll blend them together. Um... I feel I feel a lot more comfortable when I'm able to do like hybrid sets. Like I did a show, I did a show, I did a show last week where I pretty much played all my music, you know, and I had one of my synths with me. I played some synth stuff. I actually had a harp player. My friend Christine at least played. I sat in and played a harp during wow. my set. It was oh, it was amazing. I got some footage of it. But I have to send it to you. But yeah, it's yeah. There's a clip of it on my Instagram too. Oh, awesome! And if you if yeah. you're not following Bus Crates on Instagram, follow Bus Crates on Instagram. You can type an exclamation point follow in the chat if you're on Twitch, and it will pull up links to his Instagram and his Twitch. If you're not following already, definitely give him a follow. Uh, you will not regret it. Um, <clears throat> and now the thing about that though is like when you've done those hybrid sets, uh, mm-hmm. do you feel that like it's uh, I mean, have you brought the crowd or like when you present that to a crowd, has there, what is their willingness to hear music that they maybe don't know or aren't as familiar with? Well, so far when I've done those, I've been fortunate that, you know, everyone has been pretty receptive to it. 
But I feel like that's in part because if my name is on something and you're coming to see me for what I do, you know, and, and instead of like being a human jukebox, <laughs> um, it's like, okay, you see bus race name on a flyer. Okay. You know, he's going to, he's going to have his SP 404 Mark II. He's going to have some kind of synthesizer. He's going to mess around and do stuff on the fly. You know what I mean? It, it's kind it's a show, you know, mm. That's kind of I'm 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 moving more into that space because I, that's where I feel most comfortable. You know, I mean, I, I still do DJ stuff. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah. I feel most I feel most alive and most comfortable when I'm doing my own thing and you know, holding my you know, showing people what I do. You know, was that an intentional decision? Is that something you kind of like wanted to stick to? Because uh, I'm I'm curious to know, like, have you how 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 did you commit to that? At, at what point? Well, it became it. Be, it was a, there's a thing where you're trying you're you're trying stuff. Okay, like what's the how does this work? How does this feel? And to me, this just feels the most natural. It just feels the most natural. Just being able to do you know what I do. Mm. It just feels it feels most natural. It doesn't. I don't feel a lot of pressure to have to you know transition this record into that record. Or you know, it, there's there's no pressure. And now you also you tour. You I think you were recently over in Europe. Was that right? Yeah, I was in uh, I was in Berlin. Fire. Mm -hmm. And so when you went on that, was that would we did you take that booking knowing that that you were gonna do what you did? And yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's so cool, man. How did that go? Mm -hmm. Oh, it, it went really well. Um, actually, a good friend of mine, uh, True L, her name is Larissa. She's a DJ out in uh, Berlin. She's the one who made that happen. And she found me on Twitch. Oh, wow. She found me on Twitch. And we were talking for a while. Hey, I want to bring you over. I want to bring you over. You know, then some time passed. And then she's like, all right, it's happening. I was like, oh, snap, it's really happening. Then that was my first time ever off of this continent. Oh wow! I had never really? been. I had, I had never been overseas before ever in my entire life. Nope. I've been to Canada a few times. Yeah, that counts. But I've never. I've. I, I guess <laughs> you can say that counts. But I've never been off of North America's before. Off of, off of North America before. It's 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 crazy. Well, tell tell me about that, man. What was that experience like? What was Berlin like? Berlin was like. I still have three boxes of forty fives over there. I need to get shipped. <laughs> That's what Berlin was like. <laughs> As soon as as soon as I got there, I hit the ground running. Okay, where's the record store? Okay, where's the other record store? Especially, you know, given that they have all the picture sleeve stuff and all the the dope forty fives, is it, which is just regular to them. So, but to me, it's like, oh wow, it, it's it's amazing. It's new territory for me. It just it just blew my mind. Um, another thing, like not having anything to do with music at all, was just the fact that. You could get around in Berlin like it's nothing. It's so easy. You could, every place was walkable. You could take a bus. You could take a train. It was, it was, it was easy. I was walking everywhere. I probably lost about ten pounds when I was over there just, just from walking and, you know, light eating. Of course, I came home and put it all back on. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a, it was quite an experience being somewhere where you could actually move around freely you, you're not beholden to having to have a car or sit in traffic all day like you have to do in the united states pretty much everywhere except for new york city 
um, it was it was an eye opener for me. It, it just it felt good to be able to live like that for a week. It felt free. That's awesome. You man. know, shout out to it walkable cities. I, I'm yes, indeed. Which there are none of in the U.S. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, yeah, New York is definitely one of them. Uh, and there's there's certain parts of L.A. that like downtown L.A. that I like to walk in, but yeah, I'm definitely an outlier in that. <laughs> Be careful downtown LA. <laughs> yeah. Be careful down there. Yeah, I definitely got my route. You know, like I know the, the streets to avoid. But yeah, it's almost sometimes people look at me crazy when I'm like, "Hey, you want to walk from here to here?" And I'm like, anything over you know like 500 meters or you know half a mile. They're like, "Nah, you're crazy, man." So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So what was the best thing uh, that you ate in in Berlin? I gotta know, man. Um. Nothing really exciting. I kind of, I kind of kept my, I was, I was kind of strict when I was over there. I didn't really go, I didn't really venture too far off into anything as far as food. I kind of kept it simple. I had my, I went to, they haven't, they have Aldi over there. So I would go to Aldi and get some, some veggies, steam some rice or something. And, you know, I kind of kept it simple. I didn't really ex explore too much in terms of food, but I was exploring the record stores. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like, okay, show, show, show me the record stores. But it was just nice to be in a completely different part of the world. It, I was soaking that in. Like, I'm actually, my feet are planted in another part of the world I've never been in before, you know, and that's something. And it just makes me hungry to do that more now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Sonny and I, uh, we talk a lot about that. Um, Sonny James, Mr. Mr. Sonny James, who I work mm. with a lot, um, he yeah. has the great pleasure of, of touring a lot around Europe um, and around the world. And we, he, we, he always talks so fondly about that, that experience and the ability and the perspective that you gain from you know, going to another country and then looking back at the country mm -hmm. that you're in and, and, and kind of framing it in a little different way. You know, I think mm -hmm. we can all benefit from that experience, right? We definitely can't. Oh, Brainchild says, <laughs> "Have all the purchases arrived? Not yet. We're still we're still working on that. We'll, we'll, we'll you you will know when they arrive. You will know. Trust me. That the bat <laughs> signal will be put out. But yeah, back to what you were saying. It definitely, you know, traveling definitely opens your eyes and gives you a whole new perspective. It to be honest, it kind of it kind of made me mad when I got home because it's like, oh man, I was able to take a train here and walk here and do this. And now I gotta get in my car to drive everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of kind of was a little upsetting to be honest with you yeah no i, I hear you man um but you know I, I just love that uh i love that um that perspective even on like the, the things that you do have sometimes you forget the things that are really great about where you mm -hmm. live or the things that you love um and they're no longer around you you're like oh i really missed that thing or you know i mm -hmm. see what these guys are doing over here and maybe we should do more of that maybe we should have a better public transit system or something like you know, like you're saying where you're like, oh man, maybe we could bring a bit of that flavor over here. And the only problem with that, though, is this America, like the United States in general, is just becoming such so homogenous. It's like everywhere in the USA. It's like it's almost like it doesn't matter where you are. It's like you're in the same place. You go, you go to certain certain parts of the city. It looks exactly like a certain part of the city where you just were. Is this cities are kind of losing their individuality in a way because they're getting rid of stuff people are shutting their doors it's just i don't know <laughs> yeah no i i think it's a good point man and i and i definitely have noticed that like a lot of independent businesses have really struggled post-pandemic mm -hmm. to stay afloat um 
And yeah, unfortunately, corporations that have money are able to kind of just make more mm -hmm. carbon copies of what they know works. Uh, so yep. yeah, yeah, like burnt CDs said, it's kind of like copy and paste cities. Um, copy and paste cities. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's like yeah, let's let's build the fifty the fifty fourth Starbucks within a four mile radius. Like yeah, we really need that. Yeah, I do think so. You know that there. I don't know how. I don't think it's exclusively an American problem, though. I think uh, maybe it's something that we all around the world need to look at and and think about. Um, you know, as well, and like just right up here in Canada. You know, I think we have a lot of a lot of that outside of the, you know, the bigger metropolitan cities where there's enough populations locally to support that. But I also do mm -hmm. think it's kind of there's a certain responsibility on us as individuals to make sure that we, you know. Uh, patronize the, those independent businesses, right? Like, Absolutely. Much like, much like record stores or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Little Dave said it. America's real estate and zoning is ruining everything. He's right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, it's not a unique problem to America, though, unfortunately. I mean, I think a lot of that stuff's, you know, happening here and, uh, and around the world. And it's just, yeah, capitalism. Hyper-capitalism's got to... <laughs> Hyper-capitalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I do feel I do feel like the 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 next generation they're gonna they got a a lot cut out for them. They they're gonna they're gonna need to work hard, and and so are we I guess you know to to make sure we vote for these uh, you know for the right people to make sure that mm -hmm. there's a little bit more of a less of a divide between the rich and the poor, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and our generation just got screwed out of so many things. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. We we got we got the short end of the stick on, on so many things. It's unreal. Yeah, but and that's actually something that I do think. Um, you know, a lot of people in Berlin actually talk a lot about is they have a lot of really strict uh, rental uh, agreements. So you can't kind of get you can't get evicted or, or anything very easily, from what I understand. They have very very mm -hmm. good, robust, um, you know, uh, rental restrictions for in the favor of the tenants as opposed to the landlords, and that right. helps keep people in, in the place in affordable housing, right? Yeah, they got a, there's a lot of really cool things in place over there. I mean, don't even get me started on healthcare. I, I won't even open that can of worms. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave that one alone. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, again, these are the things that hopefully with through the, the process of voting, we can make make change, hopefully. Um, again, I'm not going <laughs> to, I don't have the solutions here. I wish I did, but I don't. I yeah. But the one thing, though, that um, I do feel like we should also talk about um, mm -hmm. that you do have and a lot of is synthesizers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'd just mm -hmm. love to talk a little bit about that, man. You, so you, I, know you, I know you got into beat making. Um, were you playing keyboards before you got into beat making or did that kind of come through the process of making beats? You know what? That actually came through the process of making beats. Um, I, can, I, can, I can walk you through the whole thing. So my first setup, was some I can't even remember what brand of turntable it was. It was a cheap turntable I bought off one of my friends. Cheap turntable and then Sonic EPS 12-bit sampler and a, a couple stacks of records. That was the beginning of everything for me. And, you know, then I graduated to the MPC later and, you know, I'm finding my sound. I'm chopping up all these records. I'm I'm trying, you know, when you, when you, when you first make beats, you, you try, you imitate your heroes a lot of times. I don't know if that's true for you. Oh yeah. You try, cause I, I was making a lot of stuff that sounded like DJ Spinner. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, I was just, you know, cause I was always, I'm such a big fan of him, but, um, yeah, I started out that way. It was on a PC and then I found that a lot of the records that I would sample 
where like a lot of like a lot of synthesizer sounds and like electric piano Fender Rhodes kind of stuff. And it kind of led me one day, it was like, wait a minute, let me try to do some of this stuff on my own. I kind of got a little bit of an ear, you know, I could figure something out. I mean, I don't have, um, I'm not like a, a theorist. I don't have like the, the whole theory thing. I got like some really, really basic theory and I could, that I could, that I work with, that I can move around in. But um, yeah, I'm, I just I'm just able to make it work here. Let, I'll give you the the quick little uh, camera tour real yeah, quick. Yeah, let's do that. If you wanna, so over here. Whoa, what we got? What's that on the top? Is that? That's the uh, Arp String Ensemble. Oh damn. Yeah, Arp String Ensemble, Clavinet D6, and there's the rows at the bottom. Then you turn it over there. There's the Mini Moog. Then there's the MPC 3000. Damn. Uh, let me see. We'll get you over here. You go over this way. Then there's the uh, mini log, take five, profit six, SP303 at the top. And over here on the side, there's an MS20 mini, which I just Ooh. got a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And Is that the mini log? Uh, yeah, mini, mini log. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I love that. I got one of those, one of my favorites. Then over there, there's my Arturia Keystep Pro. I got a, a the Mo Grandmother at the top. There's a Pro One, the East Beast, the OG OP One right there in the cut. Um, yeah, quite a few. Oops, quite a few different things. That's so cool. And you talked about DJ Spinner. Um, what was his album on BBE? Was it From Here to Where? From Where to Here, here to There? Here to here There. To there. Mm -hmm. Man, that record. Uh, Holy smokes! Uh, yeah, actually, Op Miller just joined the ch joined the chat, and we talked about that. Um, I talked about that with with Op because, man, that record really had a lot of cool synths on it. And I remember thinking yep. the way he's using synths for the bass lines and 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 these little art things. And oh man, it was, it was so beautiful. So it's great to hear that, man. Like, mm -hmm. if you haven't heard that record, by the way, uh, um, that DJ Spinna, uh, such a good record, and and it was such a freeing record too because. Probably much like you, Bus. I, I like a lot of different music. I like hip hop and I like house music and I like funk music. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first records I remember from a hip hop producer, someone who's like on raucous records, you know, when a, a real head was also mm -hmm. making, you know, um, house music. It really mm -hmm. if, if, if made me feel like, oh, I can do this too. This is and I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up too because this is this is one of the what's this one of the parallels between. Spinning myself, and I, and I kind of patterned myself after him in that way. Like, you folks, you got to go back to uh, what was that? Uh, Heavy Beats Volume One on Rockets. So he did. He's doing a hip hop thing, and then he moves over and does the house thing, and he's able to move, move, you know, back and forth between the two worlds, and even merge them if he needs to. And I felt like I was doing the same thing with the hip hop stuff, and then in, like the electro funk stuff that I do. So it's it kind of gave me another branch it, you know it, it it's all I, I like to be you know as diverse as i possibly can be musically and being that i can turn on my mpc 3000 chop up some records and then i can turn it off and load up my ableton and play some synth stuff and make some funk it is is is, is a great thing to me and i'm glad that i'm able to do that you know yeah man 
I'm glad you do it too. <laughs> 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 yeah. OP said, OP said, let me borrow a cent or five or just to take five. <laughs> Yo, OP's got a, we should do a, we should do a tour of OP's uh, cent collection. It's, oh uh, it's yeah. It's pretty amazing too. OP ain't no slouch. He ain't no, no slouch. He got, he got, not. he got, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, he's 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 a beast, man. Op, low key mm -hmm. beast. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, man, uh, and it's cool. Like there was a there was a moment actually, and I and I'd love to talk to you about it because, um, you know, if we look if we go back, you know, fifteen years or so, it was really mm -hmm. much. It was very much uh, like a hip hop. It was still kind of like you listen to hip hop, and that's what you did. And I know mm -hmm. there's even still today there's people that will just do hip hop. But what was really interesting to me around. I get, I guess, like two thousand five artists like Dame Funk and mm -hmm. and and uh, there was kind of like a funk revival, if you will. I don't know how to put right. it any other way, but it, it started. There started to become a lot, a lot of attention, and I, I always just assumed it was from the the people doing Funkmosphere. Um, shout out mm -hmm. the crew in L.A. and and uh, Sweater Funk and and the homies in, in San Francisco. I'd love to get your opinion on this though, because you're on the other coast. And mm -hmm. and and what what was happening for you around that time? How would how how would you describe that moment that that started happening? Well, I mean, I would definitely credit. I I I'll be honest. I gotta credit Dame for 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 that. You got you got you got to give it up for to Dame Funk for that. He's the one who like really spearheaded this whole this whole movement. And that's that's just that's just what it is with me. You know, I yeah. I, I give I give Dame all the credit for that. Um, but as far as like when I got into it, I want to say, well, I, we've always been into it, but a couple of homies of mine, uh, my man G-Man and Nice Rec, we ended up forming East Liberty Quarters after having quite a few DJ nights where we played that kind of stuff. We would play, you know, stuff like um, Carol Williams, Can't Get Away and, and, and you know, uh, Royal Cash Radio Activity. We would play, you know, funk joints like that. But then we figured, say, you know what, just like, again, here it is again. Okay, we're playing these records. Let's see if we can make some, you know. And it just got us into that, and the rest is history. Man, yeah. I'm so glad you said that, though. Like, those records, and, man, I remember, like, hearing Danger Zone. Um, mm -hmm. That was a big a big tune. I felt like Dame was really responsible for kind of shining a light on, uh, what was the group yep. again? Danger Zone, Midnight Midnight Express. Midnight Express, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and then people. I mean, he was putting out incredible records too. And and shout out to Spinner and Dame. They both did a, some records together as well. They did. They yeah. sure did. Yep. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, Dame. He really brought he brought that that attention back. And then now you know you know it led it led to people like Bruno Mars doing a funk record and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not mad at it. You know, I'm not mad at it. No, no, no. Because it's all good music. 24 Carat is pretty dope. I'm not even, I, I don't front on that. It's, it's a dope song. Yeah. And and it's cool. Like, uh, yeah. that's that sound is is not, it, it wasn't a fad. You know, like, I feel like it's it's here to stay again. You know, like, a, mm -hmm. like a peop, artists like yourself, um, I'm trying to think, I mean, especially, the, you know, record labels, like um, the guys out of Chicago, uh, shoot, Tim Zawada and the and the gang. Oh, Star Creature, Star, Star Creature, Creature. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a bunch of a bunch of people, um, you know, really doing doing great stuff, you know, con consistently, you know, and and uh, mm -hmm. and and what's the name? Uh, Bastard Jazz got a couple of joints with people like Potato, people like yourself. You just put a record. B out Bravo. With, yeah, B Bravo. Shout out B mm -hmm. Bravo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of folks doing such a great job at that, mm -hmm. and. Um, and there is one person that I do really want to talk about because we I did talk about Twitter Funk, but there was one person that's 
central to us working together. Well, there's a couple people. Shout out Big mm. Jacks, Toronto, also a big yeah, punk, punk fan. Big Jacks. Now, Big Jacks introduced me to you um, because we, we were working on a record I did with uh, the late great K Max. And, mm. and I had a, had, a, had a joint with K Max, and he said, you know what, we need to get some remixes, and we've got to get a remix from Bus Crate. And uh, he reached out. Tell, tell me actually on your side how that went down because I know how it went on my side, but I'd love to hear about your side. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's oh man, it's, I think Jax hit me up. I think Jax just reached out to me to do it, and and I knocked it out, and it ended up coming out on this white. It came out on white vinyl. Yep, I still got, I got it somewhere here. I remember. I don't know if I don't know if I have the white vinyl. I know I got a test press, so I'm, I, I I at least have that. Yes. Um, yeah. And it was crazy, dude, because. I remember when you, he's like, yeah, we've got to get Bus Crates to do a remix. And then you turned that thing around in like a week. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you, see, that's the one thing you'll know about me. I don't, I don't, I don't lag. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'll, yo, yo, you want to do this? Okay, I'll do this. Boom, boom. I turn, I like to, I like to turn, I like to have fast turnaround times, you know? Man, it was so great. And I want to play mm -hmm. it. I, want, I feel like everyone got to hear this. I want to say Please do. A, a big shout out. We got, um, you play this all the time. And I'm always, it's always so awesome when you do uh, Bus Crates, but. You know, K Max was just such a wonderful human being. Like anyone mm -hmm. who ever met him would say the same thing. He was just like the nicest guy. And I bet he was. I I didn't get to meet him, but we we have had conversations before about working together. It just never materialized. And then, oh man, what a yeah. loss! It's a real yeah. shame. So uh, we're lucky that this is immortalized. Uh, this Bus Crates remix with uh, K Max on the vocals. So. Uh, and thank you for that, man. This is like my, my moment with K Max on the track. So thank you for that. Yeah, so this is Bus Crates remix of Need to Know. K Max. Incredible remix. I don't want to play the whole thing. You guys can check that out. It's it's available everywhere. Um, but man, thank you so much, man. That remix still is like one of my favorite remixes I've ever heard, and it's just definitely pleasure, one of man. mine too. Thank you for that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you nailed it. And like the the way, you, man, the bass on that is just 
Chef's kiss. Dude. What did I use for the base on that? I think I was. I think I used a little fatty. I had the Moog little fatty at the time. Did yeah, you I know, think I, that's what I was using for my base. I always wanted to ask you this, and I'm glad I get an opportunity to do it right now. But did you play that bass live, like throughout the track? I, I did. Because mm -hmm. I was listening to that bass, and I'm always like, man, this bass is constantly kind of evolving and moving, and it's so mm -hmm. unique. Because you know, a lot of people they'll just, I'm myself included, I'll get the loop, and I was like, that's good, but. It's so cool how you do I that. I usually do that, but sometimes for, but for that, it depends on the song too. For that particular one, it was, I felt like it was sparse enough for me to, you know, do little twists and turns in the middle of it to keep it, you know, make it sound like it was evolving and progressing, which was fun for me to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, play, I played that the whole way through, yeah. So in the pocket, dude, it was just like the feel on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. But, uh, but yeah, so tell me about your you got you just you've dropped a record pretty recently, right? Um can you tell me about that? I did. Oh wait, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I can show you. Yeah. Let me see. I can show it to you. I got a copy of it. Let me see where that thing at. Here we go. I'm loving this mic, I gotta say. <laughs> Back to you, Bob. <laughs> but yeah, this is the latest seven inch internal dialogue out now on Bastard Jazz Recordings. Artwork by my man High Grade One. And I got a picture sleeve. I you know, I told yes. her I said I want a picture sleeve. We want PSP. I did the I did the record I did I did I did a record with him before it was a forty five. It didn't have any picture sleeve. I was like, nah, we gotta go PSP this time because yeah. Here I'll pull out the cause it's shiny on the thing. So there's this with the mini log on the front, of course. Yeah, is those the tape reels? Little mini tape reels? Yeah, little Oh, wait a minute. Let me show you so I mean hold on, hold on, hold up. This is gonna be good. <laughs> I love this. We're getting so much. Uh, this is such a treat visually. If you're listening on uh, Spotify or podcast, uh, yeah, definitely try and check, check the replay. So check this out. I saw this um, this old tape reel. It, the, the design came from an old tape reel. I'm gonna show you this. I had my man High Grade One flip it for me. So, oh shit! Oh, dope. That's sick. yeah. I had him. Yeah, I had him. I had him flip that for me. So wow. instead of like it being like that, it's like a reel to reel style. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then on the back, I got like all the the, the synth credits. Oh yes! You know. Oh, I love that mm -hmm. man. Oh, that, I missed that yeah. about records. You'd see, oh, you know, Les McCann playing the Oberheim, this, the, you mm -hmm. know, you're like, oh, gonna get one of those. Me too. Oh, I'm good for that, man. I'm always down down for the credits. Yeah, George Duke plays Mini Moog, Poly Moog, Micro Moog on this record. You, it goes, it goes, it'll be, it'll be like, it'll be like George Duke, piano, electric piano, clavinet, string on, no, no, it'll, it'll say, it'll say piano, Fender Rhodes, clavinet, D6, Mini Moog, Arp Odyssey, Arp String, it would just be like an endless list. And vocals. I'm like, yeah, and vo and vocals. <laughs> and 
and um and and Glockenspiel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the credits just go on like all day. It's crazy. It's like it's, it looks like you get to his. You know how like you could read a record. It'll say like this person played drums, this person played bass. Da da da. You get to the George Duke part of it. It looks like an essay. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. Because the credits are just so are just so deep. Yeah, tell me. So, mm-hmm. since we're on that subject, man, what who were who were the 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 penultimate synth players for you that that are the biggest influence uh, on the way you play synth um, outside of Spinner? Probably, probably Kashif. Mm. Mm. His yeah. bass lines. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I wanted to get this thing because his bass lines are always just like, oh man. Yeah, Kashif, man. I feel like Kashif doesn't quite get the the recognition uh, outside yeah. of the punk community, you know, like people don't know, mm-hmm. like people don't know. Oh, I, I'm, maybe, maybe people do know, but I, I didn't know. And I felt like I should know, I should know more about this guy. I mean, I got Kashif's record, uh, you know, this is the, the, the Kashif record, but I, mm-hmm. all his, all the stuff he's produced for, you know, like all the people like Evelyn Champagne King, um, mm-hmm. shoot. Uh, Kim G with Kim G with the Kashif emote. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Howard Johnson, did he produce for Howard Johnson? Yeah. So fine. Yeah, he did, so yeah, fine. he did. He did. He pretty much did almost his whole first album. That's right. And then, uh, mm-hmm. man, there's some so many joints. Uh, oh, man. And you're right. His bass lines and his songwriting were just so incredible. Incredible, incredible. And just to think he was just a teenager when he was in BT Express. He was in BT. I, man, you just, that's a gym I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in, yeah, he was in BT Express. Mm hmm. Wow, and his, oh. he was he was credited under his name Michael Jones. Oh shit! Yeah, wow. Yep. Check out, but what? Check out what Brainchild just said. I remember he told me this. I was like, wow. Yeah, this is a wow moment for me. Kashif's mm-hmm. first album was supposed to be Howard's second album, but Howard's label didn't want to pony up the money. Wow. I mean, I'm one. That just makes me wonder how much did David Frank and Mike Murphy get? <laughs> oh shoot! Is that you know who I mean? produced that second record for Howard? Jones? Yeah. Mm-hmm, doing it my way, yeah. He did. Yeah, they produced a second one. Wow, mm-hmm. it's all assistant. The system. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Shout out the system too, though. I mean, you know, yeah. that's a good combo right there. Some incredible mm-hmm. joints. I found out. Yep. Uh, was it David Frank? He wrote for the Christina Aguilera joint. Um, he produced. The, he produced the. <laughs> what is it? Um, Genie in a Bottle. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Let me just double check. I need to. I need to fact check mm-hmm. myself here. <laughs> yeah, it's Genie in a Bottle, Christina Aguilera, Louis Twelfth, the Wiki. Uh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. David Frank. Oh, wow. Yeah, I right. didn't know that. Let me pull it up here. Just so you all know I'm not bluffing. Genie, I mean, also, like, look, I'm a. <laughs> this is my era. You know, I was like, you know, 18, 19 when this song came out. So. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. You're David a young Frank. dude. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but yeah, David Frank, uh, yeah, there we go. He produced it, which makes sense when you think about it, you know, like the way that the synths are moving and it's a pretty funky tune, uh, just my opinion, but yeah. <laughs> and that's really cool, that Brainchild, you had that, um, you had that interaction with them uh, personally. Uh, Howard Johnson told you that himself. Hojo, ho, let him know. Yeah, Howard Johnson, man. He's... Yeah, I've got some great tunes also. Um, mm-hmm. I, I real, really quickly, i got to m- mention, uh, shout out to the psychology department for the raid earlier. I, am, I saw it come in. I didn't get a chance to address that, but thank you so much for the raid. And thank you to a new beat band and everyone else who's tuned in right now uh, with 
Uh, Kim G as well, Kim G. Kim G, I believe you're a mod in, in Bus Crate's channel. Is that right? No, I, no she's not a mod in my channel. She's a mod for, um, I think she mods for Junior from Record Breaking. I think she mods oh, okay. for Junior. Yeah, yeah. But it's great to have you all in here uh, locked in with us talking about the system and Christina Aguilera. <laughs> um, oh, man. That's hilarious. So... Slight, slight change of subject, though. Um, now, back to your, your beat making. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, sorry, before we move on from your, your record, though, your record's available now on Bastard Jazz, right? Yes, yes. And that's available on streaming services as well as Vine? Yes. Mm -hmm. so, so definitely go check that out. I'll be making sure to yep. post that uh, link it's for that. It's everywhere. You can get it everywhere. And we'll put that in the Discord um, after this, this is over. Um, mm -hmm. But you've worked also... Uh, we talked about K-Max. You've also worked with um, another great late artist um, from the uh, the Pittsburgh area by the name of Matt mm -hmm. Miller. And yes, indeed. I'd love to hear about your, your relationship with Matt, a young Matt Miller and how you, you got linked up with him. Well, there was this venue. Before I, have to, before I tell you, I have to tell you about this venue we used to have here called the Shadow Lounge. And it was pretty much the spot to go when you were, you know, trying to, you know, get get nice on the mic or, you know, perfect your craft or, you know, all of that stuff. That was the spot to go. You, you always went to the shadow lounge when, and this was, I think he was just barely out of high school when I, when I met him and he wasn't Mac Miller yet. He went by easy Mac. Okay. He used to be, he used to, he used to, he used to be called easy Mac. And he was in a group with uh, another young, another young MC at the time, this kid named Beatty. And they were a crew called the ill spoken. And I would do joints for them, you know, here and there. I got, a, I got, I did one for Mac, and then I did one for the Ill Spoken, and then, you know, it, it was just a whole little thing. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, yep. This had to be, oh man, two thousand. This might have been a, like two thousand seven or something. It was a while. Ago. It, was, it was a minute ago. Yeah, it's inc it's incredible to see uh, just how big Mac got and. Yeah, obviously another MC that you worked with from Pittsburgh uh, was Khalifa, mm -hmm. as well. You, I noticed you also produced for them for, for Wiz uh, with current currency, right? Is that is that right? Yeah, it's on. Yeah, Wiz Wiz and currency. It's on the. Uh, it's on. What's the name of the record again? Twenty two thousand six. I forget the name of it. I think it was. Is it the highlight? But uh, I'm saying the name of the record. I think it was like. Man, I forgot already. That's a damn shame. Um, but he, but as far as how I got on that, that was through my good friend in East Liberty Quarters, Nice Rec. He, we did this track a long time ago, and I played some synths on it, and then that's the one that um, Currency and Wiz ended up using. So I got to shout out Nice Rec for that opportunity. I was I was the co-producer on that joint. I think it was something I did on my mini log actually. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh sick. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that synth, man. I I use that thing all the time. It's just great, it, and it sounds kind of grimy, right? Like it's kind of. I I love it because it has its own sound. It's not it's not a reissue or a remake of anything. It's its own. It's its own thing. I mm. love it. Yeah, man. Me too. I actually mm. uh, I got this the prologue. I, I, I oh yeah. I was like, I love the mini log so much. I'm just gonna see what this one does, and I'm a big fan of it uh, too. Um, since we're talking about synths. Did you get the eight voice or the sixteen voice? I think I got the eight voice. It's the it's the mm -hmm. it's the forty nine key. I, I don't think it's the okay. Yeah, I I couldn't quite sp spend the 
<laughs> I couldn't no, quite I don't, commit. I don't, I don't blame you. But uh, this stuff is not cheap. <laughs> yeah, it really ain't. But it, it's it's great, and it served, served my needs. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I got, I got. That's that's what I need. You know, I just want to rock with that. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, I love what I love about Korg too is they have, uh, and and this may be a bit sacrilegious to say, but I really love their presets. You know, I think like mm. one of the things that they do well is they have great presets. So for me, when I'm creating, I want to get like right to it, and that always gives me a good starting point. You know. Well, they do. They do source some amazing artists to get, you know, to design these presets. So, I mean, that's probably has a lot to do with why they sound so good. They get really good people, yeah, to, you know, to design them. Yeah, I like to start. I like to initialize the patch and start from scratch in 2009. That's I, 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 I see. Wifey had to come. That's my wife. Shell's oh, shout out Shells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I, I can't believe I really forgot the name. I, was, I knew it was 2000 something. I was like 2006. The nine was upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shells. Appreciate you Thank coming. Thank you, Shells. Oh man. <laughs> so, um, well, let's let's just talk about that though a little bit more. So, yeah, Wiz Khalifa, you got linked up with him and Currency because Currency does some cool, um, come some cool stuff with cool funk records too. I love how how he chooses beats. But mm-hmm. Wiz, being from some from the, from Pittsburgh as well, um, did you see him around? Did you see him like kind of coming up? I didn't. I think. I, I remember seeing Wiz one time. I saw him across at some. I saw him like I was across the street. He was going to some shoe store or something. But I think that's the only time. I never. I never met him. I think he was pretty much already going out to L.A. out out by by that time. Yeah, I never. So I never. I never really met him. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, thank you to Op Miller posting in the chat right now. He posted a link to uh, Blasting Off on uh, Spotify, Buscrate Record. And internal dialogue links in there. Do you want to talk about blasting off for a second? There it is. <laughs> that's literally your studio, right? Yeah, that's yeah. This is literally my studio. I had it. I had it designed different. I mean, I'm always moving stuff around in here, trying to get comfy. But yeah, this was this was the the design at the time. This that's photo was beautiful. taken by my good my good friend Heather Mall. She's a really really dope photographer. Yeah. Yep, DJ Epic is on this record. Oh, shout out DJ Epic again. A couple times, yep. We got Sally Green on here. Yeah, we got some we got some people on this. Now, how would you describe like what you what you do um if people weren't familiar with Bus Craze? Um let me see how would I describe it? I would say heavy hitting drums and funky synths. That's the best I can do. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. just off the top yeah mm-hmm. yeah man and you use the your I, was, was another cool thing that you've been doing in the, in the kitchen too is how you use your mpc uh processing sounds and you've got drum pack sounds as well right you've made some packs yes i just made my first ever sample pack for a company called analog cases they design cases for hardware synthesizers and samplers and stuff yeah i need to get shout one out, of those shout out to greg shout out to greg from analog cases yeah you should definitely you should definitely. You could probably get what, what kind of what's oh. So let's talk about your setup. What sense do you have? Oh, I just got the the Electro Three. I got the Mini Log mm-hmm. and I got the Pro Log. But the thing I need a case for is the uh, SP Four Hundred Four. Um, I got one of these things. Where are we here? There we go. And I want to be able to take this out from time to time. Um, and if I don't, if I if I don't have a case, that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely looking to get a case for that. There you yeah. go. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, right here. This is I take this bad boy out whenever I do my shows. Oh, it's got everything in it. Yeah, I like, mm -hmm. I like that. It's nice and slim and, and small, and it's got room for mm -hmm. everything. Yep. Yeah. Room for your cables at the top. Mm. Yeah. They did a good job with that, that machine. I think we even Great. got a remote, an emote of that machine in, in the chat here as well you can use. Um, oh. Serato made a 404 emote. Um, I got a 303 emote. I didn't, I, didn't get the, I didn't get the 404 one yet. Is that? Oh, there we go. Thank you, Serato. Yeah, Brainchild, you guys got it. Yeah, man. Um, oh, there it is. Ooh, <laughs> there it is. And we've got uh, DJ Straight Six in here. Shout out. And we NJ2AK. What up? Great to see you guys. What up, NJ? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, we've also got a, a bus crates emote in here. If you haven't already discovered that, everybody, uh, feel free to use that in the chat as well. And Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we, we made a bus crate some up. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah. What? Yeah, there it is. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you wow. to uh, shout out Kid Koo, Sean at HQ with making a, the fire. Mama, remote. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What an honor. Yeah, man. Yeah, so um, yeah, so we got your. I can't. I can't believe it, man. This this is your last kitchen coming up on Friday, and it's Thanksgiving weekend. So mm -hmm. everybody better lock in for that, because um, you know it's going to be special. Yeah, you're going to just be chilling. Nothing, and at least the, in the in the United States, nothing to do. You'll be able to hang out. Yeah, there's going to be nothing to do. Your stomach's going to be full of turkey. And you're not going to want to move anywhere. So just lift your phone up and tap in. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, like it's it's super easy. Uh, shout out also DJ Gons. He made a a great video explaining how to be part of that that community. And I got to tell you, like it's one of the most inspiring things to get you out of a, a beat block or or a rut. You know, um, just to get creating. Just download the sample. You can even just download the sample from uh, the Discord, honestly, and you can just fire it up, throw it in whatever you use, and make a beat. And Bus is gonna play that beat and give you some constructive feedback and he's also going to show you how he makes a beat too which is always inspiring um mm -hmm. yeah, how, oh yeah that's very i forgot to mention i forgot to mention yeah the analog cases sample pack is free it is a free download oh wow so we got yeah it's, it's we gotta mm -hmm. link that in the chat uh thank you very much op for putting that in the chat actually um i think that's a bub right yes yeah that's where you get it Oh man! So tell me about that sample pack then. How did how did you make that sample pack? You used the MPC three thousand to process the drums. You got your synths going on there. Mm -hmm. What 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 was the process like for you at making a sample pack? It for me, I think when I did it, it was pretty much like a stream of consciousness. Okay, I got this sample here. I'm going to chop up these things. I'm going to process them this way, and it was kind of like a factory. I was I had a, I had a little assembly line going. Okay, we're going to do this drums save those do these drums save those and then it's good when it came to lay the synth stuff i set up ableton and played a different bunch of different parts and phrases on 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 various keyboards and synths so like the first i might do like a four bar thing where i have like a moog bass uh, a, a top line from a, a mini log maybe like some arp strings and then the next one will be a completely different tempo and i think there's like there's over 20 of them in there there's like 20 something 
maybe 24, I forget. Wow. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff to work with in there. And shout out to my man, Jay Bishop. Jay Bishop, he he uh, posted a clip where he used some stuff from that sample pack, and it was dope. Oh, fire. Yeah, that's that's going to yeah, feel yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, it was dope, man. I was like, wow, that's that's nice. Yeah, Jay Bishop's a machine, mm-hmm. man. Uh, shout out Jay Bishop. Yeah. He also just dropped For the record sure. recently. That's, I mean, is that mm-hmm. like when you when you're making a sample, you're thinking like how it's gonna if someone picks it up and starts using it, like how how does that feel to you when when someone's using your your sample? Like how does that make you feel? It's dope, man. It's dope, and it, and it makes me it it's inspiring because it's like you you produce it and you make it one way, and then someone else comes along and flips it in an entirely different manner, and it sounds dope. And that's what I set out to do with that. I like to see people using things and making just making dope stuff you know yeah because it basically started out as like a little idea in your head and then people have like taken it and expanded upon that it's kind of beautiful mm-hmm. yes it is it's an ex- it's like an extension of yourself it's great i love it that's awesome man yeah i think mm-hmm. that's that's really important um that's an important part of like giving back to a community too right is like giving people something that you're good at because I, I always like that about collaboration too like we're i don't know if you, how, how often you work with other artists but just that process. Not as often as about like. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. But you like, don't you feel like when you do, you learn so much uh, that you, you know. Oh, ways? absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I like to, I said, there was a time like before the pandemic hit where this house, I all it was like a rotating door. I always had somebody in here doing stuff. Like somebody might bring a flute or somebody might, you know, kick some rhymes or whatever. I mean, I've had, quite a few heavy hitters through come through here too. I don't want to be a name drop or anything, but <laughs> it's, it has been, there's, there's been some fun times in here and a lot of it's gone because of the great computer crash of 2020 where oh, I was trying to, yeah, I lost a lot of stuff. I had a whole album done already. Oh man. Yeah. But then I lost everything because this operating system I was using didn't want to work. So I called myself trying to downgrade and somewhere in the process, I messed something up and ended up losing everything. Shit. So everything, I am starting from square one. Anything you hear me do now is like pretty much brand new. What would you recommend? Within like the last year or so. What would you recommend people do if, if, if they had that happen? What would you have done differently knowing what you know now? Would have you bounced things out? No, I would have backed everything up <laughs> twice. Yes. Yeah. I, that's where that's that's where I really messed up. I didn't I didn't save you know I didn't have I should have had that stuff somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, this is a great reminder to everybody in the chat right now who, if you haven't backed up in a while, mm-hmm. back your data up, and then back that one up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- thanks, back Sanji. up your backup. Save, save, save. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually need to buy some. I need to buy another hard drive to back up the stuff I got now just in case. I'm, that's yeah. going to be top priority for me soon. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not... It's The the price of, of hard drives these days is not what it was, so... Yeah. And, and for the solid-state joints. You can get the solid-state ones for, like, next to nothing now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got this joint. This is a little two-terabyte SanDisk, these things. USB-C. Oh, you know what? I have that same one, too. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make a rate of drives. Yeah. It's great, man. Honestly, uh, just throw them in. But yeah, I'm sitting on the drive now. <laughs> Make a rate of drives. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
I used to, yeah, Brainchild, this is great. I used to ask for uh, blank tapes and blank CDs for Christmas. Now it's hard drives. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. It's a great, great Christmas mm-hmm. gift for every, any music lover out there. Buy them a hard drive. If you can't think of anything else, buy them a hard drive. Yeah. Good deals there, Gons. Mm-hmm. Looking for that. Uh, Samsung going for 150 So, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, two terabytes for 150 Is that a, is that SSD? Yeah, he says it's a T5 and T7. So, uh, I mean, Gons, Gons knows knows what's oh, up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great that the the cost of uh, hard drive space has gone down considerably over the years. Considerably, yes. man. Yeah, because you, you get something, a, a 500 gigabyte hard drive, be like $600. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing now. It's great. Um, oh shoot, Buzz. Um, is there anyone that you want to shout out, or is there anything that you wanted to to, to announce while we, while we got you on here, or talk about? Well, okay. Tap in Friday to Serato's channel, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be back in Serato's kitchen. I'll be back in here cooking up some stuff. For the for my for my final my final Serato's kitchen tap into that it's gonna be fun I know a lot of people in here will be and I know Gons will be in there kicking it yes. Sign V will be in there there's some there's some heavy hitting producers in here too shout out to all of them yeah shout out to Wifey for the uh, <laughs> the correction yeah <laughs> absolutely well I do have one question though that I, that I have to ask uh, before we go and it's a, it's a question we ask everybody on the show it's what this show is about it's uh, about the power of okay. music so mm-hmm. I'd love to know Bus Crates what does the power of music mean to you what does the power of music mean to me hmm let me see what does the power of music mean is there another way to state that is there another like is it would you like I guess um yeah well music is power um, mm-hmm. how is that music what the what does the power of music what is the power in music and what does it mean to you music man it's for me it's it's just life it's just it's like breathing you know it it if it, it feels like if i stopped making music i would just stop breathing that's just there's really no other way for me to describe it cuz it's it's so embedded in me it's just like become a part of it's just who i am you know it's, it's like it's the blood in your veins hey it really is yep it's the fuel that keeps me going Yep. Yeah, I, I can definitely feel that, man. This, if if you've ever tuned into one of Bus Crates' streams, yeah, you you know that. Like it's a it's a full experience, and yeah, man, I I'm so grateful that you you do stream, and I'm so grateful that you give so much of yourself, in a in a way, sharing all the things that you know and and sharing your passion, the things that you love about it, so openly on Twitch and through the, the music that you make. Um, yeah, thank that's you what so it's much, about. Man. That's what it's about. It's about. It's about sharing the music, spreading the love, spreading the knowledge. It's not about being a hoarder or covering up the labels or bragging about I got this rare record and you don't and any of that. It's not any about it's not about any of that. It's about spreading love through music and for the love of music. That's just where I where I stand. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I'm exactly the same way, man. I love it. Yeah, I mean, cause because think about it. Can you imagine I can't imagine Skull Snaps in 1973 saying, hey, we're going to be this obscure $500 drum brink 50 years later. Like, no, they wanted their flowers then. 
Yeah. You know, so I always spread love. And if some somebody, if I'm playing something and somebody asks me what it is, I tell them. I don't feel like I don't want anybody hoarding my stuff. Like, yeah, I got this new bus crates over here. Yeah, you don't know about that. You know, no, I want you to tell as many people. Tell everybody. Tell your mama. Tell your grandma. Tell your uncle. Tell, tell your cat. I don't know. <laughs> <That's such laughs> tell a, everybody. That's a really refreshing perspective, man. I, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. And and I and I thank you for many of the records you put me onto. And I love the chats that you have in there. I remember one time you were playing uh, Attitude. Uh, what was that? Uh, love me tonight. Love me tonight. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh shit, I got this record. He's like, and and it was a it was a it was a hilarious conversation about how that was like a dollar. I got to think we got we both got it for like a dollar or something. Um, something like that yeah. yeah and how great of a record it is but how common well how cheap you can get it for it's not even that common a record but how cheap it is um, and how much of a banger it is but you never know Maybe i don't know how cheap it is now because yeah. you know every, everything expensive now somebody you mess around going this cause and see her about with whip, whipped cream for like twenty dollars <laughs> vg twenty dollars it's, it's 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 a trip out there man i don't know yeah for real <laughs> Yeah, when I see Fleetwood Mac rumors thirty dollars, I'm like, no. Oh, <laughs> that's another one. That's another one. Steely Dan Asia, like forty bucks. I mean, it's just like, what are y'all doing? Great records, though. I'm not no shade. Just, oh, amazing yeah. records, absolutely. I'm a I'm a Dan head, but like, yeah. come on, forty bucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And it's Brain not job. even a Japanese press without the Obi. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Shout out, shout out, Japan record culture, though. Holy shit. oh man yeah yeah if you're gonna take if you're gonna pay top dollar for a record at least make it a japanese press with the ob yeah man (laughs) shout out to my partner for getting me some uh some great records from japan with the ob i got i got recently i got um she bought me it's it's a pretty common record the crusaders uh record um with uh, street life and um my lady on it but she got my lady oh because i love my lady that's a joint and then um she also i didn't know about my lady until like a couple years ago i think rashad smith was playing it somewhere that's the that's the first time i ever heard it well yeah i think it got sampled by a couple like i think tom mish or somebody tom mish yeah 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 yeah. yep um and that kind of revived it a little bit but there was also another record um uh what is it um a really great record. Also, probably the best song, in my opinion, of the artist is um, the... Oh, shoot, why is it escaping me right now? It's going to come to me. That Dirty Dog. Um, i got to look it up. Hold on one second. This is really bugging well, me. Brain, Brainchild, is that the 45 or the 12-inch? He said 25 for that. Oh, snap, what up? The Realionaire's in here. DJ Epic is in here. What is up, y'all? Okay, I got it. The song is called... I'm Corrupt by Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Do you know that joint? Mm-mm. Okay. This is Kid Creole, not, not necessarily one of my favorite artists, but this song, this one is a banger. Um, and I think uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up and we'll go out on this tune. But um, actually, no, let's just play it. Let's just play it and then we'll, maybe we can talk about it. We got some time. We're not, we're not in a rush. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in no hurry, bro. Like, right? yeah, take your time, man. I'm All right. good. This is the this is one of my favorite songs by them. This is my favorite song by them. But this record, yeah, shout out my partner. She got me this one. This is uh, I'm corrupt. Let me see if I can print this up. Baseline of this is crazy.
Shout out DJ Epic in the house. Shout out the real in here in the house. Good to see you all. Okay, I'm going to the record store to get this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. This is a bus crate kind of kind of Oh, joint. all day. All day. Very minimal vocals. Anyways, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I feel like, um, yeah. Wow. You, you definitely got to check that. Um, you, I just learned something today. Yeah, it's the least that. I can do. It's the least I can do. You put me under the Herbie Hancock stars in your what eyes. What year is that? What is that, like 79, 80? Yeah, it's 80, oh, 82, apparently. 82, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a real joint. And yeah, shout out my partner. She put me onto it, so yeah. Glad I could put you onto something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, look, it's, it's been a real, real pleasure talking to you, the bus, and I can't wait to see you uh, on Friday, last kitchen of the month. Um, last kitchen of the month. And also to tap in with you on, on your, your regular streams. And again, shout out to, to everyone who tuned in. If you haven't already followed Bus Crates on Twitch and Instagram, type in uh, exclamation point follow, and we'll pull up both of those links to, to do so. And definitely tap in with his streams, man. Like, you'll definitely hear incredible music, some music you've never heard before, but you'll hear it played in a, in a perfect way. Uh, with all the passion that Bus brings to all his streams. Um, so, yeah, absolutely do yourself a favor and, and get on that right away. Um, again, Bus, yeah. Is there any last words? Anything you wanted to say to anybody? Yeah, I got some last words. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 no, no. <laughs> Switch. No, no. Um, no, just thank, thank you. I thank everybody for tuning in and checking it out. And thank you. I would like to thank you for having me on this thanks to op everybody at serato and yeah man it's been a pleasure then yeah big shout out to op man putting this all together with uh the kitchen this this month um yeah mm-hmm. we, got, we got we got good good folks on the team 